0: Downloads of this show are available on podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app.
1: You are listening to Troubadours and Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. Welcome to episode two hundred and seventy-seven of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have our regular contributor. Community activist, artist, and politician, Dwayne Heisler. We talk with Dwayne about the Supreme Court and wedding cakes, about gerrymandering, immigration policy, and public attitudes, about the blue wave, how it's not a weather event, and also we address the fact that he was just named the chair of Pennsylvania's Progressive State Caucus for the Democratic Party. A great conversation with Dwayne Heisler today. We have an EWSA titled Deeply Romantic, and we have an overdue visit. It's been such a long time from our resident hypothetical scholar, Dr. DiNiente, and he talks a bit about immigration and we have a poem as well titled Summertime. This, for sure, will be infused with the music of several wonderful artists. Let's get to it. Episode 277 of Troubadours and Racontours.
2: lingers in your ear but you can't forget from sundown
1: Graphic societal episodes and formal policy embraced and showcased for all of us to witness. And how many of us become distressed about these sort of signs? It looks to me that our human evolutionary progress is poised to fall into an abyss of selfish myopic shallowness. An abyss of shallowness, quite a concept. Perhaps we might consider such a state as a marvel in its oxymoronic pageantry from day to day, as we partake in what is on display. For it is just a game, it is just a show, a set of perceived deals and bargains. Keep it up and you will be noticed, accepted, and safe. You are on the winning side, you can escape. You are doing fine, you are on a roll, never give an inch because those others might take what is yours. Find yourself an influential clan, a powerful tribe, pay homage to the man, and by all means imbibe in what is rightfully yours. How else can the dwindling fittest survive and continue to endure? Whilst all these people of color to our traditions and hierarchical machinations demure why am I so concerned? I kind of got mine. Who cares about yours? The noon church bells are ringing. The uccelli are singing. My neighbors are cutting their lawns via the poorer pawns they have hired. Why grow tired with such relative blissfulness? I know this piece is a sublime-timed mime rhyme. It is the fruit of my confusion, trying to find and understand my humankind, causing so many spiritual contusions. Though deeply romantic, I remain. Heisler is that you
3: yes it's yes it's (laughs)
1: Dwayne Dwayne I want to uh, welcome you back for your second go-around here on troubadours and rock on tours one of our newest well you are our newest regular contributor and I want to let people know a little bit about uh, the background we're coming from here with you you're a community activist an artist and a politician among other things (laughs)
3: <laughs> it sounds so strange putting those things together, right?
1: Not really. No, it makes sense. I think that gives for that makes for a very balanced view, experience and approach.
3: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much.
1: And uh today we're going to talk with Dwayne about oh, well, making cakes, you know, the Supreme Court's view on wedding cake for all folks among, you know, Several other ideas that came out of a recent case uh, focused on the Master Peace Bakery in Colorado. We're also going to talk a bit about immigration policy and uh, public attitudes related to immigration. And the DemFest, and uh, you want to address the fact in your mind that the blue wave is not a weather event,
3: Right, right,
1: <laughs> and also you've just been given a great honor, a great position in the state of Pennsylvania. You are now the new chair of the Pennsylvania State Progressive Caucus. Congratulations!
3: Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that.
1: Uh, so let's let's get started with the uh, wedding cake situation. A few weeks right. back, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of a uh, Mr. Phillips out of Colorado he basically refused to uh, put something on a cake that would have celebrated the wedding of a same-sex couple, and he based his refusal on his religious beliefs and his uh, freedom to, to have them and, and to choose how he's going to express through his art, uh, you know, decorating cakes.
3: Yeah, so I think that... Um... Um, I think that the Supreme Court kind of uh, split things down the middle there. I don't know that there was a clear um, direction, and so it seems like um, both sides of this issue claimed that there was um, something in there for them. Um, and I think, uh, um, you know, HRC the, um, was quick to announce and other equality groups that um, that uh, this doesn't mean that anyone's... Um, rights are are violated and this wasn't a ruling that said hey uh because of the way that it was it was ruled um that um that it was clear that that um that laws that protected the lgbt community um could remain in place um, especially in regard to um public accommodation which is what this was about um the question here was um would this bakery treat this customer as if um, as if they were any other customer? And then the question before the court was actually framed in such a way: was is an artist required to do art in a certain way? And those were the two things that were kind of in conflict. I would say. Um, so I I think that the questions are still out there, and honestly, um, we just had another decision from the Supreme Court about gerrymandering with the Wisconsin case. Mm-hmm. Uh, which talked about um, basically the efficiency gap, which is a measure of how to actually tell some someone's gerrymandering something, and then also the Maryland case in which they they kind of threw out both of those and refused to hear them, which was so disappointing. It just seems our Supreme Court rather than go the way of perhaps um, of a more liberal decision or or or. Well, you kind of put a stopgap in there. They'd rather just not say, and that's kind of been disappointing, to be honest with you, because these were cases that, from reviewing them, I felt could really have moved the bar forward in terms of of um, the arc of uh, of of uh, of social consciousness and and um, and and expressing the values I think of most Americans.
1: Both the gerrymandering uh, decision as well as uh, the the, uh, the bakery decision.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that people are really fed up of the idea of how broken our systems are. You know, when you have a situation with, you know, it's easy with gerrymandering that, I mean, there was one district in Pennsylvania that they called Goofy Kicking Donald, and it looked like two cartoon characters. There's obviously something not right with that district. So whenever you see something like that, something is drawn to disadvantage a voter. Um, and, And I don't know if it makes sense that our politicians should be drawing lines so that they get an advantage when they are running for office like shouldn't it be about what the voters want and so you know uh, it was so disappointing that they kind of just kicked the can down the road on this and the same thing you know they had an opportunity here to basically say that that anyone appearing in a public business has the right to the same services period you know, um, but instead they 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 decided to kind of split it and um and and not really come down very firmly on on that decision. Just disappointing
1: it it seems too that they were uh, really sort of uh, displeased with the way the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, a state commission, uh, treated or talked to Phillips, the baker, you know, yes.
3: Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, you're absolutely right. And so it, it's, it, and that I believe got it kind of the, the whole issue lost in the weeds. Um, yeah, that may very well be the case. And that's what they decided to do that they felt that his rights were violated in terms of being forced to do some kind of, of artwork and the way that he was treated by the commission, not necessarily that a human being is showing up for services open to the public and they were denied.
1: Yeah, they avoided one issue and focused on a uh, another nuance, which maybe, I, I don't know, I, I guess it's important that he he wasn't uh, denied his religious freedom. I think that's what they were concerned about, the wording that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission used almost reprimanded him in a way and, and told him that his religious freedom equated was equal to discrimination, And uh, they seem to be at odds with that. And I I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you. You know, certain things are are discrimination. That said, you can't can't shroud yourself in something else so that you can discriminate.
3: So here's the difference. Like, if you have a couple that goes into a wedding shop, regardless of their gender or, you know, straight or gay or whatever it is, they go in and they buy a cake, right, that says, you know, whatever, Ha, you know, it's just a standard cake right off the shelf, right, for their wedding. They, they look at a book. They say, this is what we want. I want this, right? Um, versus someone who goes into a cake shop and says, I want you to design, I want you to put a Nazi symbol on this cake and say this. Now, there's a difference there because they're not, you know, no one comes in and does that, but couples all the time come in to get wedding cakes, right? And so the difference between the service and the art is where they kind of, uh, you know, they they just kind of drew their lines and decided they weren't going to dive into that. And that's the, I think that that's the point, you know, that you can't force an artist to do art that they don't want. But at the same time, people should be allowed to buy, you know, um, a, a product or a service the same way that anyone else buys that product or service.
1: I agree. And I mean, and we're not even getting into freedom of expression so much. It's about religious freedom here uh, and arts. I guess that that's the part that's expression. So it's the two coupled. But the example you just used, I mean, a Nazi symbol, that's hate based. Anyone would agree that with that. But if you're trying to compare that with uh, uh, two people who are in love with each other and want to celebrate that, there's nothing hateful there. So to force somebody to celebrate love uh, is not... I don't think, too much to ask.
3: Yeah, it's, you know, the whole thing is, I, I you know, like I said, it's just disappointing because I think they had an opportunity um, to just really come out strongly and say, um, I don't know, what most Americans believe is that if something is open to the public, it should be open to everyone in the public. Um, and and that's a pretty straightforward thing. and um, And I think that there's a way that we can... We can look at these and, and preserve the rights of everyone instead of creating a second tier of citizens who have to question what part of the public am I? Am I fully operating within the public? Am I not? Am I halfway between? Just because of who we love. And, you know, and, and, and it comes down, it's not only about public accommodation, it also touches on employment, you know, being denied a job or being fired. So in many States, including Pennsylvania, you can get married today and you can be fired tomorrow from your employer, uh, just because you got married. There are no protections. When you look at the, uh, the, the equal rights, uh, for the state of Pennsylvania, we're the only state in the Northeast. Um, it does not include, um, marriage equality. It just I mean, in fact, you can kick a seeing eye dog or you can't kick a seeing eye dog out of a movie theater, but you can someone who's known to be gay. So, um, you know, there's obviously there's something wrong there. And um, sadly, our legislators are not willing um, to move this forward. And then our courts are now putting their heads in the sand. You know, so how disappointing is that, right? And and, and it, you would think with marriage equality, so many people think that, well, you're now able to get married in the United States. Everything is okay. And it really isn't if you can't go to a place of business and expect the same service that everyone else gets.
1: It's discrimination, plain and simple. It is. I agree with you. Okay, let's move on to something else. We're talking about love. We're talking about decency, I believe. Common okay. sense as well. What about immigration policy in particular? What's going on at the border with young children, children being taken from their parents as right. as a means to deter folks coming from another country and trying to get into our country? I mean, and it's been stated. It's no, it's no secret. That's the reason they're doing it, taking mm-hmm. young people. Where is the decency and the love and the common sense in that policy?
3: Right. so um, this has been unfolding before our eyes. it's it's kind of been it's almost like a slow motion disaster that's happening. and I I need to give a shout out to action together and um, make the road and other groups in Northeast PA because they came out when sessions appeared in Scranton just this past weekend. And today, actually starting in about uh, two hours or about an hour now, um, we're going to have a protest in the town of Bloomsburg at our town fountain, and um, it's kind of blown up our Facebook page. I think we're going to have a huge attendance. There of people who are outraged and just want to express the fact that this is not the America they thought it was. So um, now there's been some, um, some issues, some confusion, some conflating, and certainly the White House doesn't help to straighten out any of that. Uh, with all of their misinformation and yes I'll use the word lies because that's all that happens there it's just amazing to me you know it just seems to me that the um, the the this current administration the trump administration and the Republican party too um, feel that the only way that they can actually talk in terms of immigration is to paint this with some kind of ice brush to, um, to just label everything as criminal activity, drugs, all of this, you know, bad trade deals, you know, you name it, they'll throw the bucket, the sink at it. They, they label it like this because this is the only way that they can engage their base, which, you know, and I want to say the base, which is perhaps racist or white supremacist, that base and, and, and what's really sad is all of those Republicans, all those people with R's behind their names that are certainly not racist and they're certainly not white supremacists, think that supporting, pe- you know, supporting the court's appointments by that party is good enough for them to be silent. And that is so despicable that the only way they can, they can talk about immigration is in, is, is in racist terms just to energize that base for a political move. Nothing more. At any moment, this administration could reverse their policy and change this. And they are continuing to push forward with the false narrative that this is some kind of law. This is not the law because the the laws didn't change in the past year. The, The Trump administration policy has, and our legislators are not holding them accountable for splitting up these families, putting kids in cages, separating them. I mean, to listen to those sounds, it's horrifying of kids crying and being separated. They are creating more of a problem and being held hostage to Donald Trump's wall. It's despicable.
1: It is despicable. I mean, 2,000 children in the last six weeks or so, I believe. April of this year is when the Justice Department decided to look at immigration, illegal immigration, or people didn't have the proper paperwork, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Illegal sometimes, I think, is a harsh term and an oversimplified term. Uh, uh, That they're, they're now looked at as those infractions as not civil, but criminal offenses, and when when you have uh, detention going out of adults, it's part of our legal um, statutes that you cannot also. De- uh, have the children be put in jail with their their adult parents, so they have to then take the children away. Uh, so it was a choice. You, I, you're right. I agree. The, the laws are the same. They have been for years since the Bush administration, with some tweaks here and there. I think maybe we're going back as far as Clinton. Uh, but we we see now that the Trump administration and uh, Attorney Sessions he is choosing to look at these as criminal infractions, which allows the detention. So, yeah, that can change in a moment. And they say it cannot. They talk about loopholes. The loopholes are really uh, laws on the book to protect children, and they want us to get rid of those. I, I don't understand how they lie, as you put it, and how they, they can live with themselves. But 45% of the people in this country support Trump at, at, this, at this moment, 45% of the people.
3: Right. And so that tells you a little bit about who we are as a country and who we think we might be as a country. And um, that's probably the most hurtful thing, I think. I've never thought of the United States of America as a country, even though we have had our share of sins in the past. When we talk about detaining people and splitting up families, you know, um, there was always this idea that we were moving forward and and we're a democracy and it takes work and we have American values, American values. You know, it's it. How does a party? Uh, the Republican Party, who defines themselves as being, you know, the family values party, actually reconcile the idea that they are splitting up families in an unnecessary way. They're refusing to speak out about it. They still support a president who is reckless, a president who is corrupt. You know, this is this is this is this is so um, just um, morally bankrupt, just morally bankrupt. Um, what is happening right now and, and and the only thing that I can think of quite honestly is that they're trying to keep their eyes on the bigger picture and that is their conservative values that are going to be in place for decades when they appoint someone to the Supreme Court when they re- when they are filling all these federal judges at a rate that has never been hap- has happened before um, and, and so that's worth the price to them so they are selling their soul their moral values for having that kind of thing happen. They could care less.
1: You're talking about the Republican
3: Party. That is correct. Yeah, I mean, that's who's supporting. That's who you're talking about here. You're talking about how the support for uh, for Trump is still there. Well, that doesn't come from Democratic. That doesn't come from the Democratic Party. You know, when you look at it, by and large, yes, there's crossover and everything. But the fact of the matter is, who are the people that are standing up to this? It's the Democrats. Right,
1: right. Exactly. Uh, it, it's it's I am I am perplexed as a citizen of this country, and I I'm not trying to have a conversation with you that's just overly emotional or rhetorical. I am trying to analyze and understand my fellow citizens and my country, and I don't. I mean, when you just look at this immigrate immigration issue in and of itself, it's heinous what we're allowing to happen. We should be up in arms, and I guess we are to a certain extent. I mean, I'm I also very proud of Scranton. I was at that protest. There were 300 people there, and it was amazing, and it was peaceful, and it was smart, and it was true to what we stand for, in my view, as a country, our ideals, treating people with with compassion and, and understanding that these issues are complex, and we shouldn't manipulate and use fear mm-hmm. to govern our ourselves or our nation. And, and uh, I don't know why, though, it's not Far, far, farther reaching. Are people not believing that this is actually happening or do they really believe that th- these extreme approaches have to be uh, implemented because we have such uh, terrible problems coming out of illegal immigration?
3: so i've thought about that a little bit and i'm sure many of us have and i think that there's no one answer for that um you know back way back when trump was running for office he said he could you know stand in manhattan and shoot someone and and it would still be okay with 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 a good portion of his base and i think he was right on that you know like like they just you know for they'll justify it in you know whoever is supporting this or not speaking up they're justifying it in their own minds and Um, and, and And what's really, you know, you say, we we, trying not to talk about this emotionally, how can you not, you know, with with hearing kids crying and and seeing what's happening, um, if your eyes are open? But maybe they're not, you know, they're turning away. Um, There's also the element of fake news. So when you actually have reporting from the border where you see uh, families being torn up, where you see kids in cages, where you hear their cries, what else do you need? Where for some people that's not enough, they'll just say it's fake news. Why? because it's what they want to believe. People will go through incredible um, hoops. They'll jump. They'll they'll hop. They'll they'll do whatever just to just to say, you know what? This is this is where I stand. Um, and sadly, um, you know, it's not until it actually hits their home that it occurs. And so, the idea of thinking about what would it be like for your family to be split up like you are escaping let's let's use one of the worst case scenarios you are escaping some kind of oppression you know maybe your life is being threatened by your spouse maybe there is some gang that is coming after your family so you flee to the statue of liberty you flee to that beacon of hope to be like you know what i'm not i'm not going to be an illegal immigrant i am coming here to try to get some kind of asylum some help for my situation And they appear at the border with documents and without. We're hearing reports of both. They're showing up there with these kids, you know, with their families that they're trying to protect. And this is how they're being treated. Um, So imagine if that was your family. Here you are in your community and this is happening to you. And You need to get out. And you do the brave thing. You do the remarkable thing. You do the thing that a lot of our ancestors did, you know, here in this country. You try to escape that. My great-grandparents escaped World War II. They were Polish, and they needed to get the hell out of there. Um, And they did, and they came to New York City. They came to the Statue of Liberty. You know, they were fleeing the horrors of what was happening in Europe at that time. So there are people, you know, that are fleeing some of this, and they come to our border, and this is how they're treated. What kind of America is that?
1: You are listening to Troubadours and Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> Great question. And now this gives me a nice segue into what you're going to do, Mr. Heisler, as the new uh, chair of Pennsylvania State Progressive Caucus
3: yeah, so I first of all, I am so honored that um that the the um so it's the caucus of the Pennsylvania Democratic state Committee that the um the members of that committee um, had uh, chosen me to be their chair and and to to lead this group. Um, the 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 caucus has not really been around that long. about eight years, even a little bit further than that before they were officially recognized. and the um the caucus is one of the largest. Uh, caucuses in the Pennsylvania Democratic Party. Uh, The other really large, super large one is the Women's Caucus. Between the two, they're huge. Um, And so we represent a large number of people. And I think that goes to show that the party is no doubt moving more towards these progressive values and moving more towards the left, if you want to use that kind of of, uh, framing. Um, And there are several things that I'm so proud of with this caucus. And I think I want to acknowledge that first. This caucus was responsible for passing several resolutions, including marriage equality when it was not popular to do so. Um, They passed a resolution um, about marriage equality in a state that doesn't have it, um, saying that they supported what the Obama administration was doing in terms of federal employees. So this was well before the judges had weighed in on uh, the constitutionality of of same-sex marriage. So they came out with this resolution. They also came out with a resolution which was anti-fracking. They wanted to have a moratorium on fracking until we found out some more information, kind of like what they did in New York State, uh, because of all the problems with fracking. So they had that moratorium. They had a a moratorium on the legalization of marijuana. Uh, they had a moratorium on, um, oh, equal pay for women doing the same work, right? <laughs> um, and so they had, they, had, they were the ones that shepherded this through, the state Democratic Party, and had a vote of the body on a whole to adopt these resolutions saying this is what it means to be a Democrat in this state, which means that any candidate running for office in the state of Pennsylvania has to reconcile what's on their platform with those resolutions. Wow. So, yeah, I know, it's really, and a lot of people don't even know they exist. I do, I'm do. i an organizer for SEIU. I do a lot of political organizational organizing work. And so I meet all kinds of, of different progressive organizations. I'm actually a trainer for National Indivisible. I've done regional training for them out in Houston, Texas, and Newark, New Jersey. I've trained quite a number of, of indivisible groups in multiple states, you know, probably I don't know, um, half a dozen to, to eighteen or nineteen states, and um, and what's really amazing is that a lot of these uh, progressive organizations don't realize that there even is a progressive caucus. We are the people on the inside fighting for the same things that these progressive groups are fighting for um, in the public that are that are doing what we're doing today at the at the fountain, right? That are fighting for those progressive values, and so I think. My goal and our our vision with the executive committee is very clear. We need to raise the um, the, um, the the profile of the uh, progressive caucus. Um, we need to partner with progressive organizations out there so they, they they know they have a voice within the Democratic Party and a direct voice into state committee through our organization and through our caucus so that we can really um, make sure that our legislation, our legislators, our candidates are all centered on those progressive values, because I believe progressive values are rural values, progressive values are urban values, progressive values are American values, and we need to stand up for those.
1: Oh, well put. I love it. And uh, so we have men and women on the inside, that's what you're saying progressives have men and women on the inside of the system the governmental system and and you want to make make that clear and you want to make make some major connections with uh, with all of us
3: We are completely transparent. You know, we all heard of the log cabin Republicans, right? Yes. Well, that's a group within the Republican Party, right? We, you know, what's the parallel over here on the Democratic side? It's all of these caucuses. There are so many caucuses. There's a labor caucus and there's a women's caucus, progressive caucus, a rural caucus, a black caucus, Latino, the new Americans, which is an exciting caucus in the state of Pennsylvania, because that's one that stands up for immigration rights. Because we're not always talking about Latinos, right? We're talking about immigrants in general, and so that's a special um, a special group there as well. And so, um, so yes, um, that's how the the party is organized. These constituency caucuses exist. They have members that are fighting to make sure that that um, that we are, you know, truly the big tent that the Democratic Party says that it is. Well, give us
1: some uh, contact information so that people could reach out and, and uh, understand what, what might be happening and what they, how they can participate.
3: Right. Um, so um, you can go to the PA Dems. That's the um, website for the Pennsylvania Democratic Party. There's a tab there for caucuses, and you'll get some contact information there for the progressive caucus. I'm happy if people want to contact me directly because um, most states have progressive caucuses as well, and it's just a matter of being in touch with them. It's a matter of just being even aware that they exist. And so my email is dwayneheisler at gmail.com. That's uh, D-W-A-Y-N-E-H-E-I-S as in Sam, L-E-R, Dwayne Heisler at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to do whatever I can for anyone to get them in touch because we need to make sure that that voice is there. It has to be open. Um, And it's exciting for me to be a part of, to have this role in this moment. In our country, with a resurgence of uh, people who are out there and are politically active for the first time, um, and that really want to make sure that that their vision and 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 their belief in our country, in, in the progressive country that we are, that those are the values that we're that we're that we're holding front and center.
1: Yes, and let's get ready for that blue wave in uh,
3: <laughs> the upcoming. So- yeah, the blue wave. So, you know, I'm actually stealing someone's someone's uh, line here. So uh, do you know who um, Jason uh, Kander is? Yes. Yes. So he's a guy out in Missouri, right, who ran for Congress. And he was the one who was blindfolded and uh, put his gun together, you know, while he was blindfolded. He's a veteran, and um, he's uh, the lead of an organization called America Votes, Um, And so he made a statement and I just, I listened to his podcast and um, I just think it's brilliant. He said the, um, the blue wave is not a weather event. And so what does that mean? Um, I I think that, you know, I'm in central Pennsylvania here and I don't think we're going to be sitting in the town of Bloomsburg on election night and looking at the weather channel, expecting the blue wave to be coming in from Pittsburgh at five miles per hour. You know, just like sweeping over our state in some way. Um, It actually takes commitment. It takes work it takes um, uh, some kind of action or implementation for a wave to actually occur and i'm concerned about that because if you look at our primary we had very low turnout no one was saying oh look at this turnout it's amazing for this primary it wasn't it was the opposite and you brought up a statistic too how can we possibly have a blue wave going when we have over 40% you know in the mid 40 approval for this administration that is so corrupt like how is that possible those things just don't quite reconcile in my head and so when Jason said that about it being a weather event I thought that made a lot of sense like the framing of a blue wave is something you're there and a wave comes over you like that's moving you're not like so I like the idea of calling it a blue lift or maybe we're doing a blue lift to implement the blue wave like what is your part what is your lift in order to make this blue wave happen maybe that's registering voters Maybe that's doing some canvas work. Maybe that's making phone calls or texting. Maybe that's getting in touch with your local progressive group or your indivisible group or your coordinated campaign through the Democratic Party or contacting someone who's running for office and saying, I would like to help. That is the blue lift, and that's how the blue wave happens.
1: Dwayne Heisler, regular Uh, contributor to (laughs) Troubadours and Rock on Tours, it's a pleasure having you on Uh, community activist, artist, and politician, among other things. A great, I I love your energy. You have a great energy, and uh, I'm very happy uh, that uh, you are now going to use that energy as the chair of the Progressive Caucus for the Democratic Party in PA. I look forward to talking with you in several weeks. Uh, Until then, keep doing what you're doing, sir.
3: Well, I would just—I know I did a lot of talking right here, and I—I I hope I haven't blown out the speakers <laughs> for your listeners. But I do need to give a shout out to Demfest, um, which is happening. Here's one way—it's an easy way to to do your blue lift. Um, I'm not asking you to knock on doors, not asking asking you to to uh, to make phone calls. I'm asking you to show up to an amusement park. It's an easy ask. It's on um, June 30th, so in about 10 days or so, um, from 11 until 2 o'clock at Nobles Grove Amusement Park in Elysburg, Pennsylvania, tent number six. If you search for DemFest, D-E-M-F-E-S-T, DemFest, um... Uh, Eventbrite. You can buy your tickets online. Tomorrow happens to be the deadline for um, when you can buy your lunch tickets, but I'm going to have a few spare ones so still go there because um, it may be extended a little bit. Um, but we're going to have great speakers. We have live entertainment. The park is free. There's no parking. Um, we'll have discount tickets for rides and food within the park. The $10 is for a catered picnic. Um, just your traditional picnic of uh, you know hot dogs and hamburgers. Burgers and baked beans and, you know, old-fashioned kind of Knoebels picnic. Uh, Come and join us for the Blue Wave at Knoebels on June 30th from 11 until 2. Just check out Eventbrite um, on the Internet. Oh,
1: thanks. Thanks so much. That sounds like a good time.
3: Yeah, thank you very much. And John (laughs) Fetterman will be there as well with his whole family. He hasn't been there since he was a little kid, and I can't wait to see him on the antique train. (laughs) 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 uh. We'll see you then. All right. Thank you so much for having me.
1: My pleasure, Dwayne. Take care. Yep. Bye. Allora, questo è Dr. D. Niente, and today I'd like to talk to everybody about immigration. Immigration is something that exists across the globe in different ways. And right now, the big talk is in the United States of America where the President and the Congress, controlled by the one party of the Republic, is uh, working out a new way to deter the, uh, quote, illegal immigration of people from mainly South America and Central America to the United States of America because they believe that there is not enough room, I suppose, for this type of person. Also, they believe, they being, again, the uh, one party of the republic and the president of that same party, that these people are neer do i.e., they don't have much to offer, or they have bad things to offer, or that they just don't matter. And uh, today, I am trying to reflect on how so that might be okay or not okay, so that we can better understand what to do. And uh, whether or not we in the larger world should support, should be apathetic, or should push back on this mentality. Now, uh, most of the people, it seems, Uh, based on research and experiential uh, intuitiveness, seem to just be regular people coming from the South and Central American countries to find a better way of existence. The uh, asylum issue is something of concern that differentiated from just trying to get here for the American dream, Uh, that perplexes me to a certain extent, If anyone wants to leave where they are because it's not good enough, that to me is a means of or a type of asylum. Uh, So, if they don't have the proper paperwork, which again is perplexing to me because some of the people are desperate, maybe uneducated too, and not a good, solid government to have proper paperwork. Uh, Children are being taken away, as many of us know, from the parents as a deterrent. So these people will not come to the United States of America and try to get in here, quote, illegally. Now, these folks are put into detention centers. The children are separated for them, probably psychologically both parties, the adults and the children, damaged and scarred. And the state, the government, will be... Uh, paying for their detention on top of it, where these folks, if they become part of the society in the United States of America, by all accounts, if history is any indicator, will be productive citizens paying into the system rather than having to be paid to stay out of the system by being detained. So it seems to me, in conclusion, it is quite uh, ruthless and uh, illogical Uh, non-pragmatic, very much a nationalistic, manipulative tool to dissuade and to distract people from thinking about other issues going on in the United States of America, to divide and conquer one of the oldest plays in the strategy of control in the human uh, history of uh, uh, what we call power. So uh, let's give it some more thought. Let's find some kindness, let's be practical, and let's trust a bit, too, ourselves and other people. Immigration, in large part, is so important and so much a part of human existence and evolution. Thank you very much. This, once again, is Dr. Di Niente.
4: You
0: know what you're doing. Y'all ready? I'm gonna make a change for once in my life. All right, now. You're singing too wild. It's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right.
4: Okay, this is why I shouldn't have let y'all talk me into doing pop songs in church. Now, don't you bring all that Mariah Christina mess up in here. I don't care about hearing you. I want to hear God through you.
0: As I turn up the collar on my favorite winter coat, this wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street with not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see their need? A summer's disregard, a broken bottle top, and a one-man soul. They follow each other on the wind, you know, because they got nowhere to go. That's why I want you to know I'm starting with a man.
2: I'm
0: asking him to change
2: his ways And no message could have been any clearer If you want to make the world a better place Take a look at yourself and then make a change
1: Summertime, San Ricardo of Seaport Heights graciously invites you to another sweet street festival imbued by many delights, a sanguine milieu of happenstance hipness arranged by Gertrude, the goddess of fanciful kitsch, and her poodle dog bitch, Charlene.
4: The autumn wind and the winter winds They have come and gone And still the days, those lonely days They go on and on And guess who sighs his lullabies Through night. That never ends My fickle friend The summer wind The summer wind Warm summer wind The summer wind
1: And there you have it, episode 277 of Troubadours and Rock Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, our regular contributor, community activist, artist, and politician, Dwayne Heisler. I also would like to thank our resident hypothetical scholar, Dr. D. Niente and these musical artists. Django Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli, Marlena Shaw, the Preservation Jazz Hall Band, Filthy Friends, the Joyful Noise Choir, Frank Sinatra, Terence Blanchard, and Brantford Marsalis, too. Until next week, why don't you try, as I will, to enjoy this one. Thanks for listening.